was that? Had a three-hour ice time yesterday. I don't think this is going to go too well. Oh. What's that? What am I playing? Oh, my foot. Oh, I got. Nope. Yes, I'm in the ah! I ate it. Turn around. Every now and then I'll feel a little bit. Oh. Rebound clearing 101. Oh, God. Fastest chest in the league. Ooh. A little passe, Warren. Yeah. Big shoulder. Oh. oh. I got you, Warren! <laughs> nope. Falcon punch! Falcon kick! Yeah, so, all of us, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I so, <laughs> nope. Falcon punch! Falcon kick! So I've seen that guy on Insta. If you're just listening, um, I pulled that off of NHL's Instagram from today. That is some junior goalie who was mic'd up for a whole game. And this is why players should be mic'd up. That is amazing. There's so many sound clips I want to pull from that. Like the Falcon punch. And the fact that mid-game, he's so bored. He's like talking to his defenseman like, hey, when's your flight get in? The guy's like, wait, what? Are you talking to me right now? (laughs) Goalie clips are so funny. That is fantastic. It's just bored goalie is bored. Oh my. Honestly, like if you needed any more evidence that they are a different breed out there on the ice, like that's it. Even the rest of the guys on the ice are like, what what are you doing? Like he's benching the the turnaround. Oh turn around. Parents out there, if you want your kids to be well adjusted, don't put them on the goaltender (laughs) position. Oh. (laughs) But Sam Sonov with a mic on. Smiley shutout. Imagine what he says in between and all of the thankfulness to his to his teammates. <laughs> because after the game, man, he just praised his teammates. He's so humble. And I could just hear him like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, smile. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine the things that he's saying during the game that whole time, man? Like, oh, I would love to hear, especially through his accent, because it would be like a mix of he'd be saying stuff to himself in Russian and then like saying things in English to other people. And like, I, oh, man, I would just love to hear a goalie for the whole game after hearing that. It's like, oh, yeah, they have to stand out there for upwards of like minutes at a time with nothing going on. How do you stay focused on a professional sport when you're just like, no, no. How do soccer goalies do it? You could be out there for like 20 minutes and not face a shot. That's insane. <laughs> They're a whole Only different six breed, shots man. for Sammy. Yeah. In the first to have, period. To have anything, whether it's a puck or a ball or anything fired at you or like shot at you or kicked at you, you have to be a pretty crazy person. Love you, Beaner. And with that, let's start the show. <laughs> This is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Alrighty, so, welcome back to Leafs Late Night, I'm Roscoe, joined by Southey and Steph the Fanalist, and uh, we're presented by Inside the Rink. Big win for the Leafs tonight. Looked 
too not I wouldn't want to say close, but the score was too close. It should have been much higher than it was. Somehow Jonas Corposalo just hangs on for the Blue Jackets while they are just hanging him out to dry. The best was the clip of him after uh, I think it was Engvall's breakaway at the end where he just threw his arms up. He's like, what am I doing here? This is nuts. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Way to start it off. Fresh after the break and bye week and all of us have been going a little cray cray. I don't know about uh, you guys, but Leafs Nation has been a little jittery because there's been no hockey. And what a way to start it. Home and home. First home for Columbus. And yeah, Sammy shutout. Smiles go all around. Yes, sir. So I just want to say I did not realize that it was the Leafs bye week. And for some reason, I had it in my head that like, oh, it's the all-star break. So they get a week off. But then when there was games on Monday, I was like, wait, wait, why aren't the Leafs playing? Oh, it's bye week, right? So here we are. Uh, <laughs> silly scheduling where the Leafs play in Columbus. They've just hung out in Toronto for the last, I don't know, since they got back from Florida, I guess, whoever went there. The ones that didn't are still in Toronto. They have to fly to Columbus. They just finished the game. They're probably heading back to the airport to fly back to Pearson tonight. That's insane. Yeah. What is the scheduling? That's crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So crazy. And like like tonight, I was hoping for a great result, especially, you know, Leafs tend to play down to their opponent. And, you know, after the break, there's some rust. And Tonight, there there was some rust, not going to lie. Like, there was a couple of plays, and you can tell there's not a lot in the tank. And But this is a team where this is an injured team, Columbus. Um, okay. They suck at everything this year, <laughs> even with the new superstar, Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know. He's there for a vacation. There's no sun. Like, I don't know why the fuck he's there. But, yeah, I, just... Jonas Corposalo was the only star for them tonight. Uh, I didn't hear much of Laine. I didn't hear much of anyone except uh, Sullinger and Johnson a couple times. Yeah. Okay, let's look at their their IR. Jakub Voracek, Gustav Nyquist, Jake Bean, Justin Danforth, Igor Shinikov, Carson Meyer, Zakharensky, and uh, Alex Sexier. Great. A lot of big names for them. No kidding. Yeah, they're That's fucked with that IR. Yeah. So, but the, I guess the it's, good uh, positive thing to start off the night too, I guess, very refreshing to see. I missed the pregame, but you guys filled me in with the pride jerseys there. Oh um, yeah. Way to stick yeah. it to torts, right? <laughs> His former team <laughs> oh, as true. well. I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah and man. good to note. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Good job. Blue Jackets. Hope. And also, John Tavares, Riley, and Mitch Marner had pry tape on their sticks. Like, they're not at home, and they do it often on the road as well. But tonight, like, they took the hint and just took that extra step. And fans notice these things. Um, everyone that's not saying, who fucking cares, notices these things. So it's much appreciated. I think Geo did too, if I'm not mistaken. There nice. were a couple of, because there was somebody, when they zoomed in, I saw his stick was taped up like that. And I was like, oh, is that just you? And I was trying to see if anybody else's were, but by the time I caught it, it was too late. But yeah, I did catch the um, the Blue Jackets pride jerseys at the beginning. And it's nice just with the all the 
controversy and i hate to call it that around pride night recently it's just for them to come out and not even make any news about it just the same way they always would wear the jerseys and and uh head into the game and not create a a pr no. buzz around it and those jerseys nice were sick the numbers like were like here that. for no. yeah like they're here for all our fans and it's actually really really nice to see like they're not looking for fan for, for this they're you know not trying to make a big deal about it they're just you know like strong allies yeah, and um, the jerseys were cool because it was it was mostly just blacked out with like the um, the hockey's for everyone on the the shoulder, and the numbers were like a like an oil spill translucent, like that rainbow kind of iridescent. I don't know how to put it, but it's yeah. it's what you see when there's like soap on top of something when like the lights, yeah, like a gasoline type that, image, that cool right? jacket. Yeah, I don't know what you call that. I know, Steph, you were looking for the word. I, I don't, if anyone knows yeah. it, please send it in because I have no idea. I've seen a, there was a like... car at the end of my street forever for sale that was painted like completely <laughs> like that. I've seen a couple of those. The oh. metallic finish, but it has that sheen of, I don't know, unicorny, oily. <laughs> this is so <laughs> bad. Like, I don't, just the Prism iridescence. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, it was nice, like just I don't know, like I said, just gives you hope in this world, especially with recent events. And you know, starting off this tonight, six straight games against teams who are not even close to playoff ready. So obviously, Leafs want to collect some points here and make their push, try and get into first place into this division, um, catch up with Boston, and yeah, what a way to start it off. Yeah, I don't know if you caught uh, before the game, they were saying the Leafs have had the third hardest schedule up to this point. Yeah. And Tampa's had like the fourth easiest. So um, the fact that they're two points out of Tampa means if we're going off that, they could run away with the second half of the season here, the last third of it, I guess. It's and, an interesting uh, thing with Toronto because they're notorious for playing up to their competition and playing down to their competition. They've been a little better at it this year. And hopefully, like, tonight is a thing that they can progress on and build off. But they really, really need to bring their A game against teams who are, you know, not in the playoff spot right now and who are dwelling at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, we got another game against Columbus. We got two against Chicago and one against Montreal. Uh, obviously, Montreal's always uh, competition. They tend to, no matter how bad they're playing, it's always a pretty good game there. The ones I'm worried about are uh, the Chicago games. Because, I mean... <sighs> It, again, if they can keep up what they did tonight, where they just 110% come out full throttle and and smash them in. I mean, obviously, Corposalo gave them a bit of a, a problem. And like Steph said, they were shaking some rust off and still down Matthews and, and all that. But um, yeah, the real test is going to be if they can keep it up against those two games in Chicago or against Chicago. Completely yeah, totally agree. agree. Yeah, I feel like uh, we can never get rid of Peter Morazic's name. I feel like I say that once per episode and <laughs> heading to Chicago now. A uh, lot's going on with the whole Patrick Kane thing. I guess we'll get that to that later about Tarasenko. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be a good chance to look at some of the players on Chicago, too, just because there's been so much talk about them and the Leafs making a deal. Uh, having two games against them so close together before the deadline will be a good tell of of where those players are at now. And, uh, you know, instead of just people can pretend that they I don't want to say pretend, but people will talk like they know about some of these players. And, 
you know, we're looking at numbers, but actually seeing them play uh, against the Leafs. I mean, if you have the time to watch Chicago Blackhawks games, then kudos to you. But not all of us do. So it's uh, <laughs> it's it's cool right before the deadline to have those two games come up because, yeah, completely agree. All right. Yeah. Uh, I want, want to watch another funny clip before we uh, get into the rest of this. Sure. It's a real, real short one. This is so funny. That is pretty awesome. Kids are made of rubber, man. What? <laughs> so for anyone who isn't watching, Johnny just put up a clip of a kid in a Tupperware container flying down a set of stairs and then revealing himself from the container saying, that was awesome. <laughs> they, they put a kid they, they put a kid in a rubber maid and just pushed him down like 10 stone stairs. He's like three years old. <laughs> That feels like year one university. (laughs) That's what we used to do, okay? (laughs) Drink from the hose, just jump down flights of stairs and just said parkour before it was even a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be home at dinner. I'm good. Oh Oh my my lord. I love that so much. Okay. Um... Moving on. Uh, so the, uh, but, okay. The way that I could sum this game up in like one quick little, you know, short thing would be that uh, Leafs got frustrated after not being able to score. It showed at the end of the second and into the beginning of the third. And then they yep. went, oh, that's how you score on this guy. And then the game ended. <laughs> that's, yeah. am I wrong? <laughs> Literally right after I told our Discord that Leafs need two quick ones, a couple quick ones, and then it happened, which never happens. happens. Prediction season, (laughs) baby. But this first period, though, you know, going on the power kill two minutes 34 into the period just gives you that Ugh, thought that well me anyways you know is this going to be one of those games where it's back and forth power plays or what's going to go on here but tonight we saw flashes of our power cl- power kill it once again resurrected because mitch marner and pure ingval as well on yeah. these multiple breakaways damn they almost scored yeah, again, I mean, it helps that it's the last place team in the league, but it's uh, good <laughs> practice, right? You know, get that confidence back and bring it against some other teams. You know what? Also, That's something to bring out of these bad teams is practice the shit that you've been not so great at and do it well. And then you'll be like, hey, our power play is not so bad anymore. Now there's our penalty kill. Kind of when it felt like all game, like I feel Toronto had the upper hand almost like 80%, 85% of this game. Like, they might not have it like, grade a chances but they were always dominating the offensive zone their cycle was killing columbus like they had no chance on that um yeah until the third period they really never started like stacking goals but i always felt like they were in complete control of this game Uh, as johnny said there was like a bit at the end of the second period and beginning of the third where they started to lose it a little bit but overall i felt like this was a pretty in control win yeah and I think the thing they unlocked was you just need to make a disgusting pass across the slot to somebody else. And that's how you oh. score on Jonas Corposalo instead of taking shots at him all night. Um, Cause they got to 40 again. Uh, yeah. 42. Yeah, I think should have been seven. 21. Nothing like I said on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
differing, differing accounts, you know, but um, okay. (laughs) You mentioned that, that penalty in the first period though, Wes McCauley with this phantom call on Zach Aston Reese, like in full speed, it looked, you think it was a good call? That was a good call. That was a stupid fucking play by him. Anytime the guy's going against speed into the boards, he's going against the icing line and you put your stick into his skates. That's, it's automatically going to be called the shipping play. No matter what happens, that was 10 out of 10, always going to be called. Always going to be called. If you looked at it back, which obviously they can't, but it just, <laughs> to me, it looked like, um, what's his name, came full speed into the boards with his feet together and just slammed where Aston Reese's stick is. No, no, no. Not even is always going to be called. It's a dangerous play to put your like stick in the guy's skates right there. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought okay. that was for sure a penalty and not something that he should be doing. Well, right after that, the uh, the Leafs managed to get one back and they go on the power play. And that is where we see a the first of the beautiful passes. Mitch Marner to JT Oof. opens the scoring one nothing. Yes. Oh, my God. This play like Riley even taking the shot, which deflects and breaks Riley's stick. So they're already down to three guys. JT winning the battle in the corner, giving it to Marner, coming in from the point, walking down the middle, leans, fakes. He's like, just kidding. Going to chip it to that corner of of the side of the net and JT backhand and in. And that chip pass was over Gabrick's stick. If you watch it again, I'm like, damn, I had to watch it a couple of times because um, there was a lot of elite, I don't know, sequences on this play. Like it happened so quick. But the fact that he had to chip the puck over several sticks to keep it going and like first shot of this power play as well. This is what we want to see. This is what we've been asking for. And no other than our captain. What's crazy, but what JD did there on his backhand coming right as it landed on his backhand, like he had no room and he just roofed it. That's a really, really hard goal to score. That's why he's the captain, man. That's why he's JT. <laughs> 10 power JT. play goals this year, too. Damn. And I got this one. And we'll- Do you see what Martin did that? Overall pick, the New York Islanders select. <laughs> John Tavares. <laughs> Did you see Marner look at Willie afterwards? He was like, I'm sorry. I probably could have passed it to you too, but uh, that guy's yeah, got to even, see on his jersey. They even mentioned yes. on the broadcast, he like went over to him. He's like, dude, sorry. I know. Yeah. That was <laughs> happened great. so perfectly. And man, Nylander was hungry tonight. I found that he seriously took it up a notch and he was a beast. lots of good sticks. Like, Kerfoot, that stick that um, broke up a pass in the Leafs D zone that sent Nylander flying up the ice the first time out of several attempts tonight. Man, Corpusalo, if it wasn't for Corpusalo, you're right, this game would be five or seven nothing. Like just the chances that the Leafs had on the breakaway attempts. Yeah, Willie's breakaways. Oh, man, I can't believe him and Engvall didn't put either of those in. That was. It's, Do you feel when like the goalie's Nylander's- like that? putting his big boy pants on lately. Like he seems like a much mature player. If plays aren't going his way, he's not so down on himself and he's always coming back harder the next shift, but whole game. Like he was a two way game. I thought he was probably the most impressive player tonight. 
Well, and the speed too, I'm, I've noticed this year, he's really turned into somebody that like will see a puck trickling away from somebody and just turn the gas on instead of like, eh, that's a little far away. Like most players do. Yeah. Like he's turned mm-hmm. from what everyone thought he was, you know, a lazy player into, oh shit, I can beat everybody to that puck because no one's skating hard for it. They're just, you know, lackadaisically working their way back. And like, he'll never be the most physical player. So people will always bitch and whine about this, but like the way he's forechecking and backchecking, it's so much smarter than he used to do. It's the maturity in his game is tenfold this season. Agreed. Also Sandman's massive hit in the first period. Oh my God. Just lays Johnson out right at the blue line. Absolutely demolishes him. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> was it uh Sillinger comes over and tries to fight him? <laughs> he starts chopping you. Cho- starts chopping at Sandy, and even the commentators were like, "Yeah, I mean, when you're in last place, that's kind of that's what you do." <laughs> but uh, there's no reason for Sandy to take this fight. Yeah, Johnson, no his f- glove going flying through the air. <laughs> uh, Sandy, like both Clark. feet planted. Yeah, and Marty even posted on Twitter saying, you know, Leafs Nation bitching, whining, crying for a hard, heavy defender. Look what we have, guys. He leads the team in hits. Uh, Lily's not afraid to hit. Uh, Hall has definitely thrown out his weight around several times. Like, we have our bottom six who are heavy. I don't know what else you can be asking for at this point. Like, uh, we have heavy hitters who are not eligible to play with our elite current roster, a.k.a. Kyle Clifford (laughs) and Wayne Simmons on a regular basis. You know what I mean? So, it's so nice to have someone doing it. Sandine's especially such like a with... sneaky big hitter too. Like once every three or four games, he lays someone out like that too. So like I can snipe, he can do everything. I feel like he's really starting to come in his own lately and it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. And someone in the first period that definitely impressed me was Alex Steves after being yes. called up for the first time this season. Yeah, uh, baby. Three games last season, and tonight, wow, he was all over the place. I mean, he had a chance off of Holmberg's feed. Uh, He jumped on a loose puck, and each time it was just going over the net. But uh, I just want to see his ice. He only played 10.06, and honestly, I noticed Steve's way more than, like, Patrick Laine tonight. Yeah, and I feel like the best thing about him, too, is, like, you never really noticed him in his own end because he was always very responsible. He would, like, step up when he had to on the offensive zone, but for 10 minutes, I thought he played, like, a really responsive game, and he was, uh, like, a trusted guy out there. It was nice to see for a rookie. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to see that this rotational couple of positions in our bottom six, like... We're seeing who has the dog in them and who doesn't pretty much. And whoever does, they get a chance to stay up, especially if there's injury. And whoever doesn't, too bad, so sad. And a good example is Holmberg, who, you know, could have been one of those guys who played three games max and then got sent back down to the Marlies. But now he's played, what, 30 plus games for the Leafs and it's been working out so well. Well, let's and, be real. Uh, like with Matthews out of the lineup right now, it changes the complexion of this team completely. They have to be a full four line team, and that's what they're really turning into right now. So every night they got four lines going. Everyone knows responsibilities, and it's kind of cool to see like who's falling into what place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my my kudos are down for like the bottom six. 
for sure. And uh, the other one that was called up tonight was Joseph Wall. And uh, Mm -hmm. that is because Matt Murray, even though we speculated last episode that he was going to be back, uh, it seemed like everything was going well with his ankle. We now hear from Dubas that it's going to be a couple weeks and they place Matt Murray on LTIR. Not LTIR, but IR. So, um, yikes. First of all, that's not a good sign. Second, I just want to give kudos to Steph for uh, calling that... (laughs) Samsonov was going to be the starter. Um, I think that's what it's shaping out to be. Right. Um, this, we'll get to that. we'll get to uh, looking for goalies, but uh, in that conversation with the deadline later. But what uh, what do you make currently of the situation we've got? How confident are you with potentially seeing Joseph Wall play some of these games? Potentially even tomorrow he's playing. I mean, he... go ahead, Seth. So that just brings us to a question, actually. Uh, cap at cap underscore connect 62 asks, should Sammy get the, sm- the start tomorrow, even though they said Wall is to play? No. 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 Yeah. Absolutely uh, not. Totally agree. Yeah. It's it's Wall's turn to shine, I think. The brick wall, he he played for us previously, and it was, went super well. And the only reason why Shalgren was in before him this season was due to injury. Yes. So coming off, you know, a 13-1-0 season, 9-30 on the year, all-star in the best AHL. Best in the for, HL. Right? Best in the HL. The best. Why not? Saturday night hockey, you know, hockey night in Canada. Put Joseph Wall in. Not to mention, he's a couple years older than when he used to be here, right? Like, this guy's put in his time. He's got the reps in. This is a perfect opportunity for him to step up and show that he is an NHL quality goaltender, even if a backup at this point, right? Give him the start. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no reason to tire Sammy out or potentially injure him in back-to-back against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Amen to that, yes. The guy just earned himself a rest with a shutout against a bad team. He stopped 30-some-odd shots when he didn't really need to. Made a bunch of fantastic saves. Give him a day off. Jeez. Yeah. All I got to say, though, if those two goals didn't come quickly in that third period, I would have been super nervous because it could have been anyone's game off a bad bounce or a stupid call. So I'm so glad something went in because, I mean, the second period alone, there were a lot of good chances. Even Lilligren dipsy doodling from literally center ice between the whole both teams something yeah. that just completely shocked me the commentators everyone who was watching it seemed i'm like oh that's that's lilligren okay like if these guys can find this type of confidence to play like against these teams and bring that towards playoff level teams just imagine the success because even the backhand pass from Marner or like Pierre Ingvall's giraffe roar. The confidence. The Kampf, the David Kampf finish. (laughs) The Kampf. And not to mention, Neilander missed two breakaways too, right? So that's that takes a lot of pressure off Sammy. Like you said, you scored the second and the third goal eventually. He was holding them in, but like you needed to get that extra insurance goal. Oh man, those empty nets, Marner and Bunting, those hurt so much. Oh, like I ten seconds like, apart. It was like when your controller's like you hit the <laughs> wrong thing and you hit pass instead, you're like, no, I'm hitting shoot. What no? Oh my gosh. 
your controller's <laughs> drifting. You're like, oh, god damn it. That's exactly uh, what happened. It went so from one weird. circle to the other one. <laughs> I mean, but it, it was that type happen. of night for the Leafs. Like they, I felt like they were in control kind of like that all night. And it didn't really feel like Columbus was going to take it. So I'm glad that obviously Toronto got that go-ahead too really quick. Because otherwise, that would have been like a loss from years from the past. And that's not what this team is all about this year. Oh my god. The shots on goal tonight. First period, this is for Columbus, six. Second period, 15. Third period, nine. Yeah. And and like the 15 in the second were a lot from the outside. I felt Toronto really did a good job of keeping everyone to the outside. Uh, When Sandine took that four-minute penalty, they only had two shots against, and everything was from the perimeter. So I feel like their defensive game today was, was pretty sharp. Double tampon up the nose. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's hard to play with me. <laughs> up a single nostril, guys. Not both. Singular nostril. Double. Whoa, that's a heavy flow. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what could have saved him is a certain person's specially made visor and cage mask. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why, ha- why do we not have a picture of this thing tonight? Beater. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to send it to myself so I can pull it up on screen. Beaner is going to be being chirped for the rest of his career playing with this thing. Beaner has... No. Go ahead. ahead. If I saw someone on their team wearing that thing, it would be a relentless chirp. Everyone would be in on this. This guy would never wear it again afterwards. Here, two seconds. I got it here. Oh, man, this is a beauty. Beater with the customization for his helmet <laughs> and has a whole story I'm sure he will share, but Roscoe will share a pic to our viewers. It is truly one of a kind. <laughs> so oh, baby. You can see this thing. It's um, it's interesting for sure. So you got a, a regular-ish CCM helmet with a visor, and then off of the bottom of the visor is an entire uh what i can only describe as like a, a beard net but made into a cage. cage to protect your chin and unless if you have a broken jaw or your hannibal lecter there's no way you should be wearing this fucking thing <laughs> this is a johnny bravo helmet for the <laughs> ultimate jawline that just sticks right but, out but... and yeah oh my i respect God, his amazing. reasoning for it he says i'm not quite good enough to go with the half visor and dental work is expensive so <laughs> yeah yes dental work is expensive <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man i don't blame you bean but love that and yeah we'll hopefully i love you bean but i would chirp the shit out of you every fucking game <laughs> yes and if you but... did you might get a 10-minute misconduct for uh, offensive language like Boone Jenner did tonight. What happened there? He must have said language some shit. penalty. <laughs> yeah, what did, what did we... Th- do we know what he said? No. No, we it was never what said. He said? Do, it was, do we think this is something towards an official, or do you think he said something like... Offensive? I feel like it had to have been towards the official, and it had to be pretty vulgar, too, because they put up with a lot of stuff, and if... He kicked him out of the game, then there's a pretty good chance it was warranted. Yeah, I'm oh, I want to find that clip and Tom see if we can read his lips. Yeah, man. It's crazy. 
Yeah, I'm really interested because like you said, Sadi, it must be serious. Uh, it's very rare to see these types of calls, right? Uh, 10 minute misconduct for language. So if it was something, you know, a slur of some sort, I'm sure we would have heard it yeah. already. But since, you know, I don't know, it maybe it was directly. Oh, I he! I, I think he probably dug pretty hard into that ref and he was like, there's no fucking way you're getting away with this tonight. Yeah. And that was it for him. And uh, yeah. that was it for the Blue Jackets. And we'll do it, it all again tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they make any, like, is there any adjustment you can make? Like, is Elvis hurt or is, did they just play Eunice tonight? Mm. It, it didn't look like he was when I was going through the list, but I know he's been on and off all season. So I don't know if they're just kind of like, he's not hurt just so they don't have to call somebody else up. Like, He's just sitting on a bench. I know that they've been through a carousel goalies recently. Uh, what what was that name? Katsov or something? Karatsov or uh, Kravtsov? Or, yeah, yeah. But it, interesting to see if they do make any lineup changes. Um, even for the Leafs, right? Uh, do you reward Steve's again and keep them in and yeah. Joey Anderson? Or do we see Connor Timmins come out after getting mm-hmm. his contract extension? Because um, he didn't play tonight. And I thought the Leafs D were pretty good. I mean, there obviously was some stumbles. And uh, even Marner at one point, Riley had to bail him out on a two-on-one off the power play i believe but it seemed like they had each other's backs and you know we still saw the expertness from geo you know in the third period letting um, the night scene go yes zigzagging awesome. a little and uh, oh no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make so. it it's i feel like all the way to the red line between these two teams right now it's it's negligible so if columbus is going to make a change it's really not going to make a difference if Toronto comes and even brings their like B plus game, they should win this. So if we see hopefully Timmons and Joseph Wall in, other than that, I would say everything kind of stays the same. Uh, but yeah, I we haven't talked so. about that. Connor Timmons gets two times one point one. I like the deal. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it's great. Um, even yeah. though it's a small sample size, I mean. Before this season, we're always desperate for right-handed defenders. It seemed like a dime a dozen, and Justin Hall was our only hero on the right side. But we were at a point in the season where we had too many righties and not enough lefties. But I think we're back to the right-handed scenario once everyone is healthy and you know we're not playing off our 12th string defender. But yeah. It's it's great uh, offense that we want the big clapper from the point. I mean, yeah. he's a previous Sue. What's there not to love? I mean, like so, for that salary, for what he brings on the right side too, he's going to play six to four, right? So that's a great signing. I think it's great depth signing, and it adds a little insurance to to the boys going forward. So, Andrew, do you think that that means that pending UFA Justin Hall? is on the move come deadline. I mean, front office always seems to be very infatuated with this guy. He's a great penalty kill player. He's going to do a bonehead play once every two, three games. I think he's a great depth defender. He'll probably play on your bottom six on any other team. But to answer your question, 
yeah, I guess if the move is right, you're going to package him, right? But if not, I see him staying on the roster. Because if you sign Timmons now at two times 1.1, Justin Hall currently makes 2 million. You can't pay him. You can't, I mean, how much more than 2 million can you give him with what you, you just gave Timmons? What to you're going to do spot? is you're going to let him walk at the end of the season. You're either exactly. going to trade him or you're going to let him walk. You're not going to resign him, I don't think. So that's kind of what I was getting at is I think in signing Timmons here, they've kind of sealed the fate of Justin Hall, um, which is something that I didn't think we would see happen. Uh, not that I didn't think they would sign Timmons, but, you know, looking at the 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 way that their cap friendly shakes out here, uh, Justin Hall and Jordy Ben are the only ones that are not signed after this season. So yeah. to renegotiate with Justin Hall after two million bucks is going to be hard. It's going to go to arbitration. Jordy Ben, I can see sticking around at League Min if he wants to play another year, but yeah, maybe yeah, we're going to see what happens with Muzzin too, right? That's a huge question mark. Is this guy ever no going to play again? Well, the last report I saw from the other day was that it doesn't seem likely, but they're you know they're not closing the book on it yet. But it, I feel like we're leaning towards he's not coming back, right? Yeah, and it probably. He's- that's a move that Dubas is going to anticipate, I think. Yeah. He's still super close with the team. I mean, he traveled with Mitch uh, on their little vacation doing shots on a yacht. And <laughs> then have him be a cheerleader on the team, but I, I, don't, yeah. I don't ever see him manning the blue line again. Yeah, exactly. Keep him in-house, and uh, maybe if he's done with hockey, keep him some way, like kind of like Spezza, but maybe not as deep like that but yeah yeah. and it's up to him right or maybe he wants to go back to california and uh, watch his family grow from there who knows but to fully answer johnny's question i think if they have a move to bring another defenseman hall is going to be the guy who's out yeah so that kind of ties into questions internally here from our inside the rink leafs family uh mikey d and josh and selmo shout out asking um, what does Dubas's contract extension look like and when do you think it'll be signed? And to build off of that, current Leafs goaltending depth and a potential ad question mark. So to add to that, Callie Cartel on our Discord also asked, can we sign Sammy to an extension now if we're touching on goalies? It seems like this is the week of signings, whether it's for the sake of trading people or just because um, the value—they they don't want the value to be set for these guys after the deadline, and then they ask for more money, which I also get. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe you are in that sweet spot right now. Yeah, it's. I would hate I love it. The one-year prove-it-to-me deal from Samsonov, and clearly, it's been working out well. Um, I think Duvis is trying to wait until after playoffs. Like, what if the top six choke again? Or, you know, bunting is completely a ghost. Or the beginning of the season, it didn't work out too much. And they're kind of waiting for more consistency for, like, a guy like bunting. Here's why it's tough for the Leafs to make any significant signings right now. Anything above, like, you know, Connor Timmons for a million is one thing. But... When you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 players in your starting roster whose contracts are all up after this year, that's a big question mark on what your spend for next year has to be or can be or should be. Yes. So if you this early hand something out, you're you're handcuffing yourself to 
you know, potentially not being able to sign somebody in the off season when, you know, somebody becomes available because you spend too much trying to keep the guys that you already have. Yeah. And like the question pertaining to Samsonov, if he's willing to take like a two or three year deal after this, I think you do it for anywhere between two to three and a half million dollars. It makes a lot of sense, even up to four million. But uh, man, that's a tough one to sign him long term right now. He hasn't played too too many games. He was never meant to be your starter this season. <clears throat> he's only doing this right because Murray is out. The other thing that I've noticed with the league right now is the goalies have become a bit of a musical chairs. And, you know, yes. whether they perform well one year doesn't necessarily mean they're going to perform well the next year. So I I kind of don't mind this trying out whoever every other year kind of like if they sign Sammy for a year or two. And then it's, you know, look, we just went through so many goalies won. over the last little while. Like they, they go hot and cold. And now look at what Freddie Anderson is doing on Carolina. Like, you know, it's, it's completely yeah. random when these guys are going to have a good season. So I think to keep your options open is a good thing. Uh, the fact that, you know, Murray has so much retained and he's only signed, it was, he got told end of next year. Yes. And uh, Sammy. Yeah. I don't know. I would give him something like Sammy's three million young, though, for two like years. He's got a lot of upside, so I would I wouldn't be opposed to giving him like a mid type of contract for maybe not a long term. But uh, the question like on I don't Dumas hate will, two or three. We'll touch that after, but I got some thoughts on that. I don't hate two or three years for Sammy. No, um, but the problem is then like, are you like I said before? You got to resign Kerfoot, maybe you got to resign Angval, maybe. And camp and bunting and you know there's all these guys whose contracts are up and it's just going to be questions of you also you have like the internal people. politics is sammy going to be your number one guy which he's kind of vying for right now too so there's always going to be that backdoor type of politics that you're not really seeing right i'm sure he wants and, to play a lot more games than he is right now and you have to ask management to sign off on paying a goalie when you've got four point seven million dollars wrapped up in another one next year so it's exactly why why are we going to okay spending eight million dollars on goalies or nine million because he's on goalies? the shelf all the time and you have no other choice yeah well they kind of knew yeah. that going into this it was just kind of a but hopeful thinking on the dubas question this is very interesting to me because the toronto Maple Leafs they make more money than any other team in the league right we can't spend it on players but they sure as hell can spend it on coaches they can spend it on oh, GMs. Yeah. They can spend it on training staff. And that's where they really, really should be taking advantage of everything. So if you think Dubas is a guy, sign him to an exorbitant amount of money. If you think someone else is your guy, steal him for an exorbitant amount of money. And that's something Toronto really hasn't been doing lately that I think they should be looking into more. Fun fact, the last time they did that, do you know what, do you know what Kyle Dubas' first trade was? as part of the Toronto Maple Leafs? No. It was acquiring Mike Babcock oh. from the Detroit Red Wings because there was no head coach and no general manager. So that left um, Dubas and uh, what's the other AGM and Tim Laiwicki, who was in charge at the time of MLSC. Was Hunter? Yeah, Mark Hunter. Yes. And so the, they were basically the entire Leafs front office and they traded the Detroit Red Wings a conditional draft pick and something else for Mike Babcock. Wow. Isn't and that crazy? A, it is crazy, but they have more money than any other team here. They should be spending it and luring away anybody they want. So if they think Dubas is the guy, 
lock him up. And if not, if they think Eisenman is whoever the guy, like steal him and pay him 10 times more than any other team will pay. Because you can do that. If, yeah, if we honestly, had no salary cap, we'd be doing with players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they can, if they can, and they want Dubas, like if he's the guy that they want to lock down, give him, you know, eight, nine, ten million a year for ten years, like whatever Think the hell he what wants. MLSE is paying Masai right now fifteen million dollars a year. Granted, right? he's also like the president of basketball operations, but still, he's he's tentatively like their GM. What does so, Shanahan make? Do we know? No, no one knows these things. It's very, very hidden. Okay. So, I mean, they could pay him a lot. Like like you said, not maybe not Masai Ujiri money because he's not the president, but they could pay him a lot of money, like yeah, upwards of what, what Matthews is making. So when that happens, I guess the question is whether it's it's dependent on the deadline or the playoff performance. Like, it's going to be based on playoff performance. They're not going to do this before the end of the playoffs, I don't think. <sighs> do you There's think... no chance, I don't think. But do you think if they don't make it out of the first round, they just don't re-sign Dubas? Because I find that hard to believe as much as I'm like, so well, how can they make a decision before the playoffs? But again, what do the playoffs have to do with it? Like, I think they're more going to judge like if uh, it's tough because it'll be how they lose. Like, did you put a team together and they blew it? Like, was it on them or is it on you? I feel like Shanahan believes in what Dubas is doing enough that he probably told him, like, I can't sign you before the playoffs end, but, you know, depending on how this goes, you're my guy type of thing. There's always a little slight chance that he'll veer off course and sign someone else, but I feel like Dubas is the guy here. His track like record only is way... pretty fucking good. I feel like the only way that they don't re-sign him is if he swings for somebody like Timo Meyer, doesn't get him, it's made public somehow like what happened with that Chicago trade that he tried and didn't get it. And then the team that does get him ends up winning the cup, like some scenario like that where he blew it and that player was the game changer. That's the only way that I can see them being like, well, you screwed up. Otherwise it's so hard to equate their performance. If he loses a couple of our first rounds and like nice or something like that, then for sure. But yeah, uh, I, I don't, like I really I have a hard time envisioning the Charm Lake Leafs going to the next season without Kyle Dubas. Yeah, like yeah, I think you're right. The other side of that is if he spends an arm and a leg on somebody who's useless and Nick Foligno's again, which again I also find hard to believe. I think he learned his lesson there. Um, but given and... the track record here, I don't I feel like we need to do that, right? Like we're pretty stocked on the forward. Our back end is as good as it's ever been. A goaltending obviously has a little question mark right now with Murray injured, but I don't feel like he has that type of room to really fuck things up too much. The only thing they mentioned it in the broadcast. The only thing that I would agree with is that if they bring somebody like middle six, like second or third line, that's able to just push some of those guys that are working so well in the third line down to become a really good fourth line, because I think the fourth is where they've been like, I don't know. We'll see whatever works. So if they can bring somebody effective in that just allows them to spread everyone out a little more, I think that would be the most impactful. Like, I don't think it's any single player. I think it's just being able to spread everyone out a little more efficiently than they are currently. True. They seem a little short staffed. I feel like there's one player who they can maybe go like quote unquote all in for, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. And do you make him your he is injured, but he's center. coming back in like a month or so. But he is 
he's that type of player who can push you over the top. For anyone else, I have a really hard time seeing like like you said, Timo Meyer. No way I would give that type of capital for him. The the thing with O'Reilly is do you make him the second line center and push JT to the wing, or do you make him the third line center? Like what where do you fit him in? That's what I find hard with him, as much as I, you, I agree that he's a fantastic playoff performer. It's a fluid thing. He goes between second line winger and third line center, I think. Yeah, kind of like a Kerfoot, but better. But way better, yeah. Yeah. After losing Tarasenko, I don't see it happening. I don't know. No. But I also said the same thing in the beginning of the season. You know, Meyer being their best player, why would they want to get rid of him? They can't sign it. I get it. But I, Dubas, like, I wish he would just make the big move. And I know they did previously with JT, but it's time. And this is the last year. And I mean, the Leafs, we're talking like the Leafs need a miracle to go far in this playoff series coming up. It's we're doing very well. It's just yes. like where where are the holes? Do we add a goalie or do we trust the farm to back up just in case Sammy goes down? Like I think our defensive core is great, but watching tonight, the only thing going through my mind every time I heard Gab- Gabrikov's name, I'm like, wow, you're fighting your future team right now because <laughs> I have a feeling he will be a leaf suit. And like, like every a... time, I don't know, every time he was in a little scrap and like, I'm like, damn, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be playing with him soon. Yeah. Granted, I think he's a better player on a better team and he probably will be like your fourth to sixth defenseman. But someone like O'Reilly, if Marner goes out, if Newlander goes out, if Matthews goes out or JT goes out, that can fill that spot up right away. So to me, that makes a lot more sense. But I completely agree with you saying about that Columbus player because that guy's a nasty guy. Yeah. Defender. Um, this is the grit Stay that people home. have been whining about. <laughs> yeah. But top six winger, push down someone to the bottom six and make it like a you know, two line, one, two punch, and then the bottom two, one, two punch in a sense, like a first line and a third line combination. Yeah. um, But it's like, how will he do it? And will he wait too long? Because even with Patrick Kane and uh, Tarasenko straight up, the Rangers organization said that the ball was in Patrick Kane's park and they didn't want to wait. And they also were worried about his hip injury. I feel like those guys do nothing for Toronto though. Like they're the exact same player as Marner is. They're great on the wing. At least someone like O'Reilly, he, he's going to bring you something on any position he goes. He brings you a lot more than those players. Right. But it's going to be, it's going to be fucking ridiculous to buy him. So just to compare it here, so we haven't talked about this one. Vlad Tarasenko goes to the Rangers in exchange for Sammy Blay, who, funny enough, actually came from St. Louis in the first place in the, yes. um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Reeves. No. Um, Reeves yeah, and Blay. Reeves, oh, and um, Buchnevich. Yep. That's the name <clears throat> I was thinking of. Um, Hunter Skinner, a conditional first and a conditional fourth for Tarasenko so that's a 
serviceable NHLer, as there always is, a prospect and a first and a fourth for 50% retained Vlad Tarasenko. So that's, I mean, Four really 3.75. Like, that's not so. And when everyone's talking about, oh, the Leafs don't have cap space, they can't afford this, nobody, like, he can't do anything. This is, like, you can pay to retain 50%. Like, if you do that, the Leafs options really open up. It's just how much are you willing to spend to bring somebody in? It's tough. It's because that's the market there. It's an interesting thing to watch do this, too, because he's obviously a lame duck GM right now, like, quote, unquote, as he's been for a little while, but this is his year. If he doesn't make it, then he's, he must feel like he's on the chopping block. So it's very interesting to see if he's actually going to pull a trigger on a much bigger move than he has in the past. Yeah. I was going through his, his trade history since he joined the Leafs and there's never been anything massive, but it's always been things that are what the team needs, right? That's always been his mantra. So it's, I'm not going to spend an arm and a leg to get the thing that everybody wants just because everybody's talking about it. And, as GMs, we all agree that, you know, the team is out there, but he's going to bring in people like I was saying on Twitter, people that are signed to contracts already for beyond this for year. Term. Yeah, because we, we saw his media availability yesterday and he said that uh, most likely the idea of spending prospects and picks on on a rental for the rest of this year is is kind of insane. So he's looking more to bring somebody in who's signed. And I think that's great. That's what the Leafs need, especially with the amount of contracts that are expiring. Like I would rather bring someone in who's effective than try to figure out if we're, you know, like I said, re-signing one of uh, Zach Aston Reese, Wayne Simmons, and like Pierre Engvall and Kerfoot. So, you know. I think it's admirable that he does that, especially as a GM who's like, his contract's coming up this year, but it might be time to pull a trigger on something that's going to get you over the top this time. Yeah, because it's like the moves he's doing, they're great. They're adding term to everything, like you just said, but they're not quite pushing the needle like too, too, too much. Right. And I feel this year they really need to do that. So how realistic do you think the Chikrin uh, rumors are? I don't see him pushing as much as like a forward does. Yeah, you you think? I mean, I think we've got, like I said, bringing in a forward, I'd rather like a a second line or third line person who's going to allow them to spread out. If it's a defender, it's got to be like first pair. So exactly. I just don't see the first pair defenseman. I think between him, Riley and Brody and, you know, Sandine and Lilligren, you've kind of got a bunch of combinations of first and second line pairs you can throw out there. Uh, I just... I think the price is going to be high because of the bidding war on him. You know, any of these guys that are mentioned the most, I just worry about the auction that's going to happen for them. Yep. That's all. It's going to be high. And and like Chitron's a little redundant with Riley and what Sandine can do too. So it's, he's not really breaking anything to the table that these guys aren't doing compared to like, if you had like a stud defenseman type of thing, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Oh, this just in. Leaf Singh wants uh, one of our Yeti tumblers <laughs> with Leaf Singh on it. Nice. Talk to Beaner. Um, yeah. But how good does William Manlander, as Chris Hurley put it tonight in our questions, uh, his question was literally, William Manlander? Yes, because 
I totally agree with your tweet from earlier, Chris. He he put it out there that um, this year he just is going from boy yeah. to man sort of thing. And for 6.9 mil, yeah, we'll take that any day of the week. We especially after, <laughs> Especially after you see, you know, low tier defenders getting around 5 mil nowadays. Um, that definitely helps our situation coming up. But hey next like his contract's coming soon too and maddie oh, so <laughs> like that's expensive. gonna be the one-two punch of next year that needs to be dealt with so that's whatever what I'm saying, div- this window right now is so important like it's fucking huge yeah. and, and to the point yeah this guy is putting on his big pants. he's growing up his maturity is going through the roof his two-way game is unbelievable love to see him doing this right now but he's going to demand a ton of money on his next contract. And I guess that's something to consider with extending Dubas or not is with these contract extensions coming up for the big guys. Do you want the same person that they dealt with last time to negotiate this contract? Or do you want somebody who can come in fresh and lay down the law with these guys and make sure that they don't uh, rob MLSE and, and, you know, handcuff the team for the next 10 years. That's something that I think is, is the most, I didn't even consider that until now. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's going to play in a little more than people realize to um, whether they extend Dubas or not, because yeah, it's, it's nice that things have worked out up until now, but the biggest holes are coming up end of 2024, 25 uh, with signing Nylander and end of uh, 25 or sorry, end of 23, 24 with signing Nylander and end of 24, 25 with JT and uh, Marner. And I kind of Matthews. feel like saying yes because you want to know like the devil you're going with right he took Nylander down to the wire Nylander probably could have got 8 8.5 but he signed for what he did uh going forward I think Nylander respect that a little bit and if you have a new first time GM it, it can just get so messy the variables just I don't know they expand exponentially right and Sandine too. He uh, he played him really well and ended up taking exactly what he was offered in the first place. They didn't give on exactly. him. So, you know, maybe It'll... maybe he's grown since those first contract negotiations with uh, the core four, and uh, maybe things will go a bit. But different if you look time. back, like they're not terrible contracts, right? Like he could have paid way more for them. They, I kn- and it's... and let me preface this by saying it's Brad Marchand getting in my head. <laughs> it's Brad Marchand getting in my head. Okay, about. All those guys <laughs> taking seven mil so they could win. Uh, but no, you're right. It's something that we forget about a lot is that the, the cap was supposed to be, you know, a couple, probably eight million higher right now yes, than it is right now. So that's, uh, what do you that's think, always so? going to be there. Brad Marchand also was an elite superstar right off in the beginning of his career. He only broke out on the last little bit before signing exactly. that contract and acting like he's been this elite superstar for his whole life this fucking rat shut up he knew what he was saying <laughs> if he were in a contractor he'd be demanding like 11 or 12 yeah unfortunately like you pasta's know, going to oh yes and as he should right and Nylander now last time they told him you know you gotta give us something and meet us in the middle Nylander's gonna come back and say hey look at me now what 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 else do I need to do sort of thing? And I still believe if Matthew stays, Nylander will stay. If Matthews leaves, I think Nylander will also test the market. I think they're a pair. And 
yeah, got to save. And Great it point. really depends, like the philosophy of the GM. Do we stick with the core philosophy of paying them and then hoping that the bottom of the barrel will break through? I think Shanahan needs to see success in that aspect in the playoffs this year for that to continue. If not, yeah. we may get a new GM with the complete different philosophy, right? Let's not bring whoever back and split it up a little. Like, who knows? That We're only rotating between a handful of dinosaurs. So. <laughs> I really hate saying it, but yeah, so much depends on what happens in this playoffs. Yeah. <sighs> Always. Um, last little question here we can close off with. This is from uh, Prague Arya. This, uh, if I'm going after a Columbus defenseman, Andrew Peak over Gavrikov. Age, handiness, good skater, defensively good, and cheap slash long term contract. Steph, defend Gavrikov over Andrew Peak. <laughs> you know, if we're talking fantasy terms, Peak is a great pickup uh, for categories. Um, I don't follow the ja- the jackets too closely, but all I know is that Gabrikov was all over the ice tonight. Um, Peaky was, you know, he had he was a minus two, two shots, one hit, three blocks. Gabrikov similar, minus two, two, one, and four. Like. I don't really have a difference of opinion between the two. I just know that they're both hard hitting. Um, honestly, I could see Dubas bringing in either or at this point, depending on who makes the least amount. So, Oh, these poor Columbus Blue Jackets. Andrew Peake, 164 NHL games played, 29 total points, 8 goals, 21 assists, minus 32 on his career. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice, nice. Uh, but he does make 2.75 up until the end of 2026. I which feel is like only the lesser option not too bad because he's a pretty good player on a bad team. And I think he's the type of player, if you put him on a better team, he's going to excel a lot more. And his value is, you know, it's hard to argue with that. He makes uh, $50,000 more than Gavrikov. <laughs> Who's only a minus six in comparison, 10 points in 50 games. Oh, he's a minus 21 in a career, though, which is what I was listing for peak. Oh, see, I'm just saying, yeah. like, the Columbus Blue Jackets have sucked so bad for the last I couple see. of years that, like, all these guys that just came up with this team are, like, <laughs> all so bad. Stats it, you so can't tell. How, like, yeah. yeah, you can't tell. So 2.8 up until the end of the year. Gavrikov's on an expiring mm-hmm. deal. That's the thing that kind of worries me about bringing him in. Um, it's a whole random yeah. thing again, right? Yeah, peak you get a couple of years. Again, I wasn't really looking at Columbus, um, so I don't have a Same. huge opinion on it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're selling for a rebuild. Right uh, now, they have their main p- fixture alongside Lion A and company. So I don't know. Yeah, they, they want to tank for Bedard too. Yeah, they're raiding right that sure. prime spot for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to be between them and Chicago and um, who else is down there? Arizona and Montreal's down there. Montreal. It's going to be a, probably between the four of them for first. All I got to say, though, I saw this tweet out there that Lou Lamorello paid Nikita Zaitsev $200,000 less per year than Kyle Dubas currently pays Rasmus Sandin, Mark Giordano, Timothy Lilligren, and Connor Timmins. <laughs> oh my God. Boom. Oh my God. And the Sens are still paying that contract. Yep. Oh yeah. All of it. Yep. Did Dubas get rid of that one? 
Listen to your um, dude. This is a pretty fucking good GM, all right, guys? I'm pretty sure he got rid of that entire contract. I think so, because that was when Connor Brown and yeah. Nikita Zaitsev and that whole yep, Ottawa Sens blockbuster JD Smith happened. went over there, too. And... Yes. Yeah, Leafs traded uh, Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Michael Carson to Ottawa in exchange for Cody Cece, Ben Harper, Aaron Luchuk, and a 2020 third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's working out, guys. Honestly, I I have hope in this team, even though we've hey. been through a carousel ride of fixtures this year. I think it's working for the better. You Guess too. who that 2020 third round pick was? L- who was it? Topi Niemela. Oh, not bad. Nice. Worked yeah. Out. Yeah. And I know there's been mistakes along the way, but we're freaking human, okay? And if you look at it from a broad perspective, the stats, like, but I don't know. We're in it. They haven't been it. like handcuffing ones, right? Like Matthews and Marner, they obviously got what they got. They, he got a great deal with Nylander. The Tavares, you had to overpay him to bring him home. Yeah. I, I don't see like any huge faults in what he has been doing. And our captain got two goals tonight. Our backup goalie with his ninth career shutout third this year. <laughs> Marner just adding to his fucking Apple collection because Yard he crook. already broke a record for the all-stars of, you know, his Apple orchard. <laughs> Another two tonight. Um, eight goals, 13 assists in the last 18 games for JT. I mean, if they can just continue the momentum with this confidence, especially the bottom six and the giraffe, we need a giraffe roar, Johnny. (laughs) Thank you, because I love it when Pierre Ingvall scores and he unleashes the beast and just, and I'm like, yes, get it, girl. Yes. Just, and Kampf just (laughs) lights that fucking fire and they just, I don't know. It's great. Holmberg. Love Holmberg. My point is the rotation is working. Um, I like the depth nice this to year. S- yeah. And it's nice to see guys like Steve's and um, even McMahon. He was a nice surprise, right? Like just bringing that energy to the bottom six and driving the net. And, you know, if you look at the Marley's uh, lineup, they, they look solid like for an yeah. ahl team anyone anyone could be ready it seems and, and like let's see what Wall does next game too right yeah i think the next guy up though even though it was steve's today i really do think adam Godet needs a turn soon just uh welcome back into the nhl if he's eligible and go from there i feel okay, like sorry i've just been robertson who is not in this conversation right now too because of injury like this guy would have been a game changer i just sorry i was reading through this entire stupid trade so the leafs with that trade that they got that third round pick dubas traded it back to ottawa he traded down okay he had the 44th pick and he traded it down for a second and third and he got ronnie hirvanen and toby niemela with those two picks nice he's good at trading down and doing we, all that, eh? He traded Ottawa for their own third round pick from the Islanders or some shit from the uh, Peugeot trade and then traded it back to Ottawa for two picks. Like, 
<laughs> he just is so mean to the Sens. Even uh. in this past draft, and you know when acquiring Dennis Hill to be there, I'm looking at it now, um, trading down and getting that pick and thinking about our goal t- like goalie uh, depth, right? Dennis Hill to be supposed and like right after the draft, signing him to an entry level contract just in case. I don't know. I'm still waiting on FTMs. But yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that I think you can afford to maybe send someone out at the deadline just because we have so much, but it's also hard to move draft capital out. Like, ugh, he's done such a good job of drafting over the last few years, and we've heard so much about these guys. I don't want to see them bloom on another team because we wanted to, you know, get that one extra guy or, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Do we? I also want to fucking win, so. Yeah. That's that's why I'm hungry for a big trade, right? We've been saying this whole season, too many clowns in the clown car. We're literally at our cap roster space all year long or playing with one slot here and there. Make the big trade. Send a couple pieces there. Get a one good one or a couple good ones back and just fucking do it. Hi, Darty. <laughs> one hour, eight minutes. You entered at the right time. You're a fucking beauty, Dirty. Okay, yeah. so since you're here, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do a video to end us out here. And Darty, we can we can talk about this one quick. To play us out. What does it mean to play us out? Look at this nice break and a little love tap on the ten pin. Chris Vye just feeding it out to that four five board down lane. And look at this pin action. Oh. <laughs> 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 so darty what do you what do you think of that that little bowling highlight there? i don't i can't remember what exactly the phrasing was that stewie griffin once said i think i think it was it was practically orgasmic <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of the turtle video of the turtle having an orgasm like hey. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hear that one let's hear that one one more time our poor listeners. Look at this nice break and a little love tap on God the 10-pin. Chris Vye just feeding it out to that 4-5 board down lane. And look at this pin action. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a podcast with a bunch of men. <laughs> oh, love it so much. And for, uh, for Luke yeah, and so uh, you'll find out about that in grade 5. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, I think yeah, one it's of them of, might be in grade 5. <laughs> it's part of bowling. Part of bowling, kids. Um, we were just <laughs> about to. Uh, we were just about to get out of here, Darty. Do you want to tell the people anything? I don't have anything to add. I just heard that you guys are still on, so I figured I'd add to the bandwidth a little bit and just, uh, you know, make one appearance, like, you know, a la naming Marty Zilstra. Amazing. <laughs> well, uh, tell the people where they can find us. How about that? Well, you can find us at uh, on on the Instagram and the Twitter. At least late night, pretty much all one word, if I'm not mistaken. You look us up, least late night, you'll find us. We're also on Discord. I don't know if it's just least late night Discord. I'm not on it because I'm a Ludite. I'm sure I'll be there one day. And uh, we're getting a TikTok up, all right, eventually. So we'll be there. I'll be doing some dances. And uh, it's yes. <laughs> Sunday, we'll be sharing some gambling. And uh, Beaner will give you a fax oh, of the week or something like that. And, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a couple other hidden groups, all right? If, if you, if you, uh, 
you know, flattery will get you everywhere. Okay. So uh, <laughs> if you love us, we may let you into <laughs> the elite squad. <laughs> dirty, dirty. What do you think of Beaner's helmet? Beaner's helmet is like, a fu- is, I didn't, why? <laughs> is he like Dominic, <laughs> the worst thing you've ever like seen, Dominic? maybe? It's like Dominic Hashem. Imagine lining up on that guy on a face off. What would you say to him? Like, what the fuck are you wearing here, bud? <laughs> All game, it'd be over. Yeah, easy yeah, there, Jaws. Put soup in that bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bean. Oh, since you you brought up our Jaws. friend of the show, Marty, we got to congratulate Marty Zolstra, the uh, the performer, on signing a deal for an entire album publishing deal wow. congrats marty that is a huge, huge achievement huge. Good for you. Yay. That's awesome. and uh nice yeti mug there bud like it great work there bud and uh i gotta tell our canadian friend there bud um mikey d <laughs> buddy um hey buddy curtis from alberta in his pre-game video wore a M- michael hutchison jersey and I instantly thought of you Oof. because you are a Michael Hutchison stan. So, are you really? Uh, go watch the video. Yeah, he's a Michael. I don't Hutch think we have time to stan. dig into this, but my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mikey D. Who, might be one hey. of the worst leaps of all time. And who can hey, name? Hey. Who can name who Kyle Dubas traded him for? Gary oh, Sparks. which time? <laughs> which time? <laughs> They only traded him one time, and okay, they traded for him. They signed him, and then they traded him away. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's a defenseman who has been pissing me off because he's scoring more than the rest of the Leafs defensemen are this year. Callie Rosen. Callie. Oh. (laughs) Callie Rosen doing all right in Arizona right now. We talked about him on our Arizona pod. There's only room for one Cali on our team, okay? Yeah, agree. And that's Ooh, Yarn Croc. Yeah, exactly. Don't mess with the Yarn Croc. All right. Crocky. That's it. That That's it. That's all for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back. Uh, when will we be back? We should probably set that out right now. I'm going to get it. Get it. When's the next game? Tomorrow, Tomorrow. and this is a back-to-back. Wednesday. You fool. Yeah, I know. I knew. I was. I. I meant the next one after that. So it's. It's not till Wednesday. So we should do. My Sunday or Monday. Well, I'm home tomorrow. So I can do either episode. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, we'll see. Thanks, guys. Sunday. It's an on-the-spot dice <laughs> spin. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And follow me for more secret Gary Bettman nudes. (laughs) Ayo. (laughs) 